Welcome to the Moonflower Path Podcast. This space is for the highly sensitive, the creatives, the earth-loving, the caregivers, the weirdos, the feelers, the change makers, and dreamers of the world. Here, we are all about guiding you to trust your body intuition so you can find home and shift culture. Through the exploration of somatic practice, self-care, and seasonal ritual, my hope is that you will be inspired to be in harmony with yourself and in a dance with the earth. I'm your host, Carolyn, and I'm so honored and grateful to be here with you today. I'm so excited for this episode. I am passionate about coziness, my friends. (laughs) So expect this episode to be a total cozy exploration, um, even a little bit of a cozy soundscape. I've got like spring peeper sounds, fire crackling sounds, and even rain sounds that I want to sprinkle into this episode. So cozy in. I'm going to be knitting along as I record this episode. I've got a hot cup of tea with me. So I hope that the way that you're listening to this episode also feels as cozy. And if you're doing something that doesn't feel so cozy, then that is the total point of this episode. It's to talk about how sprinkling in coziness, especially surrounding things that we might not really love doing or that we feel like we don't really belong into or that are uncomfortable, that making things a little bit more cozy will help. Welcome to the podcast. (laughs) I jumped right in because I'm so excited. My name is Carolyn. I'm your host. If it's your first time here, welcome. I am your gentle companion on the tender path of being a moonflower. If you're new around here and those words sound alluring, those words walking the path of being a moonflower, then I would encourage you to listen to one of our earliest episodes called Walking the Path as a Moonflower. Over in these parts, we deeply believe in finding ourselves in cozy spaces and that through creating a deeper connection with the authentic and integral parts of who you are, create more ease and flow in your life, as well as a deeper connection with the earth as a whole. If you're watching on YouTube and you're noticing that I'm glancing over to the side, it's just because I have a little bit of a script because otherwise we're going to be here for hours because I could talk about this for hours. And let's talk about this. Let's talk about that statement that I said of finding ourselves in cozy spaces. That isn't our guiding light or our tagline for no reason. I believe in these words incredibly deeply because not only have I seen it be fundamental in my own self-care journey, but also in others. I don't think the rise in all things cozy these days in popular culture is something to be ignored. There's something to this whole cozy way of life that is not only alluring, but it's, I believe, deeply healing. So in this episode, I'd like to talk about that. Let's explore how making cozy a way of life could lead to you feeling more resourced, grounded, and at ease. So in case you're wondering what I'm knitting and you didn't listen to last week's episode, I'm knitting a sweater, a cardigan. This is made with the wool in the gang's wool uh, called Crazy Sexy Wool in color Mellow Mauve. 
This is how far I'm into it. I'm working on the body of the sweater. And if you're listening on the podcast and you hear the sound in the background, that's just my knitting needles clackling away as I'm knitting and keeping my hands busy as I'm hanging out with you. So I love me a good structure. So to keep us both on track here in this conversation, here are the things I'd like to explore in this episode because we're really like we're really diving in deep. So the points that I'd like to explore are defining coziness, the history of cozy, the rise of cozy in kind of popular culture, the accessibility of cozy, and ways to be able to make it yours. So let's start with defining the word cozy. So the definition of the word cozy, as per Google's Oxford languages, is giving a feeling of comfort, warmth, and relaxation. A while back, over on Instagram, I did, this was like a while back, like a couple years ago, I did a little community poll. I asked folks what made them feel cozy. My sister lives in a town along train right away, and I was inspired on one of the train rides as I listened to the gentle hum of the wheels on the tracks, the low conversations happening around me and the rain drizzling on the window pane with the view of cow fields passing by, just how cozy train rides are. <laughs> and it got me thinking of this word and wanting to learn more about what others considered cozy. Honestly, there are two, and I got a lot of responses, but there are two clear common themes in the answers that came through. Rain, which was interesting, very specific, rain, and some sort of quiet hobby, which makes total sense if we look back at the definition. When it rains outside, it creates this permission slip to stay indoors and curl under blankets to stay warm. These next words are written by author Janice McLeod and therapist Kimberly Hershenson. It makes tea taste better, makes loungewear more comfy, makes the guilt about not getting out there and doing all the things drift away. Rain produces a sound akin to white noise. The brain gets a tonic signal from white noise that decreases this need for sensory input, thus calming us down. Okay, so rain equals very helpful environment for coziness. I would also argue that snow might do the same thing, which is apt since we are shifting into winter as this episode is released. So let's also talk about this quiet hobby piece. I feel like there's also this harmonious relationship between escapism and presence at the exact same time in the sweetness of being cozy. Since we often feel this desire to read or watch a good movie or move through a creative hobby, it's this both and of escaping into the world that either the book or movie creates or the daydreaming, wandering that your mind might move through while you move through your creative hobby. There's a conversation that I had with cozy gaming YouTuber Iona, that's next week's episode, where she talks about the positive aspects of the escapism found in cozy gaming. And I loved that because as a yoga teacher, I definitely feel some apprehension around escapism because there's so many positive benefits to mindfulness and cultivating presence, right? This whole don't run away from the feelings and be with them and release the resistance that you might feel to 
life and you might actually feel a deeper sense of ease. But I don't think it's an either or. And that's one of the things that really was helpful in the conversation was that both presence and mindfulness and a healthy dose of escapism, they both have their place in this ethos of supporting yourself and your self-care. And the benefits of escapism range primarily around a shift in perspective. As we talked about in last month's episode around rest, we're all pretty collectively tired, right? That was made pretty clear either by just the conversations that we had or maybe the things that you noticed arise inside of you as you listened to those episodes. One of the reasons that's the case is the amount that we do, which is wrapped up in making a lot of decisions, a lot of problem solving, a lot of processing on a micro scale, like navigating packed schedules, navigating issues at work, making ethical decisions with with your purchasing, choosing where to focus your attention in a massively distracting world, and so on. On a more macro scale, if we wanted to, we could know everything that's happening in the world at the touch of a button. And I don't need to tell you that there are a lot of really tragic things happening in the world right now on many levels. And there's a lot involved in that. And it's absolutely good to stay informed, but there's also something to be said about being overly informed, about being bombarded by the information about the state of the world, about being always connected with what's happening, that it becomes really overwhelming. That's a lot for one body, one person to hold. That in and of itself is draining and overwhelming and really challenging to navigate. And coming back to that shift in perspective that escapism can find, it can offer us a healthy dose of time to process, a time to just pause from the things, a time to step away from an issue to be able to come back to it later with fresh eyes, to balance out the suffering with healing. Coziness can offer you that dose while also practicing presence. And let me explain what I mean by that. Turning back to the definition, the very first few words are to give a feeling. A feeling. Feelings stem in the body. In order to elicit feelings, we need to be in the body. Not in like a disciplined or super enlightened way, but in a gentle way. If we think of the body and the way we connect our internal experience with our external landscape, we think of the senses. Your senses connect you to your immediate environment. And when I think of the ways I've really dived into bringing in more coziness into my life, it's in allowing my immediate environment to be as pleasing for the senses as possible. And this doesn't only mean the room that I'm in, it also means my actual body. And I'm gonna expand on this in a more practical way in the very last portion of this conversation. So you can walk away feeling more inspired in a really hands-on way. But for now, let's just relish in that beautiful harmony of this reality. To be cozy is to benefit from both a healthy dose of escapism and a healthy dose of presence. It's pretty cool actually when you think of it, right? The blend between the two kind of working together to create a really comforting experience. And then I think that there's one last component that I think bears mentioning to this wonderfully harmonious relationship that I've talked about. And it's this sense of safety, security, and a sense of belonging, which we'll talk about 
multiple times in this episode. But just to shine a light on it here, originally the word cozy in the Middle Ages was used to describe more a physical space or something would be described as cozy as if it created physical comfort. Over time, the meaning of the word has shifted actually to a more feelings-based word. I think because of the realization that it's the feelings that we feel when we're in cozy spaces or outfits or whatever that allow us to feel safe and ultimately like we belong. It can feel really unsettling to be in the world sometimes. There's a lot of othering and individualism and separation between each other, between self and the earth that happens that can cause a lot of suffering. But ultimately, don't we all just feel like we want to belong? I feel like that's the third magical piece to what coziness can offer us. It's this wonderful combo of one, an immediate environment that is pleasing for your body. So that presence piece that I talked about in the physical space and really using all five of your senses in creating cozy spaces. And then an experience that is healing for the mind, the escapism piece of when you have that cozy environment and then you're maybe doing some sort of thing with your hands or some sort of creative hobby that offers that dose of pausing from the world for a little while and escapism with a healthy sprinkling of magical vibes for your heart and spirit in the security and the belonging that comes from those first two pieces. Okay, so we know we now have a better understanding of what coziness actually is and how it's actually can be really beneficial. Now let's explore the history of that word cozy. I've already talked a little bit about this in the previous section, but let's get into it a little bit more. Etymologically, <laughs> I don't think I've ever said that word before, but this is pulled from, uh, I'll leave the source in the show notes, but etymologically, the word cozy finds its earliest roots in the Proto-Germanic language, that's 5th century BC, just to give you a timeline, specifically in the Old English term cozy, spelled C-O-S-I-E. The word was used to describe a comfortable, warm, or snug place. Over time, Middle English adopted the term, spelling it as C-O-S-I or C-O-S-Y. And then over time, both the spelling C-O-S-Y and C-O-Z-Y are, are both perfectly acceptable. As language evolved, so did the concept of this word cozy. The term expanded beyond its literal meaning of physical comfort to encompass a broader emotional and psychological state. It became a symbol of security and familiarity, evoking feelings of nostalgia and homeliness. Cozy became a word that not only described a physical space, but also captured the essence of a welcoming and comforting atmosphere. So looking at this big physical component, the word cozy, I don't want to ignore that piece. I absolutely know that it's not just about the vibes. It's not just about the feeling that it's really does stem from 
your physical environment and your body feeling like it's safe and that it belongs. It was fun to look at the history of design around this word cozy. And some of the things that came up in the research was porches being added to homes in the United States. Beautiful tapestries that both served as adding beauty to a space as well as warmth in cold castles during the medieval times. Sunrooms to help capture the sun dating back to as early as Roman times. The advance of mass production of books in the 15th century, increasing the accessibility in in-home libraries. And I don't think I need to tell you that reading is like top of the list of cozy things to do. The invention of the beanbag chair in the 60s, which is like, oh my gosh, I didn't even think of that, but that makes total sense. And then the increase in popularity of greenhouses in the 1600s, allowing gardening to be a more year-round activity. And we all know tending to plants is definitely a cozy hobby. Now, we can't talk about coziness without talking about the Danish concept of huga. If you don't have this book or you've never read this book, The Little Book of Huga by Mike Wicking, I think is how you say his last name, then I would definitely encourage you to get this book. It's a wonderful resource on adding in some more coziness into your life. And this book is really, it goes deeper again around this whole concept of coziness, that it's not just a surface level thing, that there might be a link between increase in happiness when more huga or coziness is in one's life. So in this book, huga has been called everything from the art of creating intimacy, coziness of the soul, and the absence of annoyance, <laughs> to taking pleasure from the presence of soothing things, to cozy togetherness. In a nutshell, this Danish word and cultural phenomenon is about an atmosphere and an experience rather than things. Again, it's about the vibes which really does bring it home to the reality that coziness, although it is brought on by some physical items or your physical space or the way that your body actually physically feels, but ultimately it's a vibe. And the Danes really have a long history of perfecting this vibe, that is for sure. So that is a little bit around the history of coziness. And now let's talk about the rise of cozy in more popular culture. From cozy gaming to cozy mysteries to cozy cardio, the desire and the enthusiasm for coziness has certainly been increasing within the past few years. Just to define those three things a bit more in case some of those terms or those words are, uh, are new to you, realistically, all three of those terms that I mentioned, so again, cozy gaming, cozy mysteries, and cozy cardio, could again be defined as all about the vibes. It's about centering cozy vibes in the experience of that thing. Whether it be lighting candles and watching movies as a way to get you to fit in your cardio, enjoying a game that centers around crafting or farming or cooking, or 
enjoying a good book set in a small town, maybe around the holidays or around some sort of seasonal celebration, usually with a cute little romance thrown in and quirky characters to be explored. It's all about the vibes. And as I mentioned at the beginning of this episode, I don't think this is something that we should be taking lightly. I think it's a really beautiful display that collectively we are increasingly accepting our desire to feel like we are safe and that we belong in many aspects of our lives. I don't know, not to get preachy about it, but just to be like, this is something that we have lost. This is something that we gain from being in community, from connecting to the earth, and those are things that have been stripped away from the way that we live our lives. So no wonder it's something that we collectively crave, and I think it's so beautiful to see that it's being reclaimed by really putting coziness at the forefront of the ways that we support ourselves to get through the things. It really is about pushing against the individualistic, extractive, and oppressive systems our society is built on, and then pushing against things always having to be efficient and logical and monetizable, and instead prioritizing togetherness, comfort, abundance, softness, and ultimately accessibility. So let's talk about the accessibility of Cozy. So I've talked about the vibes and the ultimate feeling of belonging that coziness evokes, which leads us to the mentioned accessibility of it. Again, I'd like to credit Iona from next week's podcast episode for really bringing this idea home for me because it really let my own relationship with the cozy yoga that I teach and that I personally move through really come full circle in my mind. When I first started teaching yoga, accessibility was a core component of my mission and my passion in teaching. I knew as a personal long-time student of the practice of yoga that yoga truly is for everyone, but I wasn't seeing that being reflected in the bodies we were seeing in studios and in the marketing material. So putting the word accessible at the forefront of my work was really important. But as the years moved on, I began to get tired with the dryness of that word and began to add in cozy to the way I described my teaching. And then I just kind of dropped the word accessible altogether. It's still a core value of the Moonflower Path, but I felt less and less of a need for it to be in the, all of the language that I use to describe what it is that we do here. Because I feel like coziness actually defined it a little bit better and in a way that felt a little bit more inviting. And I think that that's because coziness and accessibility go really hand in hand. Coziness and accessibility specifically in yoga, but also in other realms are often one and the same. Let's use for an example to describe this, to describe this theory, let's use the use of props in yoga as an example. One, props are used by many folks to aid in ensuring the practice is more accessible for their body. 
Props are amazing. Oh my gosh, I use props literally all the time when I practice yoga. They have so many uses, but they also make the practice so much cozier. A blanket here, a bolster there, and an eye mask make the practice go from okay to just so inviting and supportive. Again, adding to the vibes, the comfort, and the sense of belonging that not only your body feels on your mat, but also that your heart and your spirit feels. It's also a shift in expectation. If I know I'm going to, let's say, a power class, power yoga class, where there will be minimal prop usage, loud music, many sweaty bodies in the studio, compared to going to a restorative practice where there will be a ton of props, quieter music, and lots of space in the room, I'm much more prone to not ditching my commitment to going to the restorative class than the power yoga class. It just creates a vibe where I know there will be less expected of me. But what happens when we try to blend the two? What happens when we bring the same, there is nothing big expected of you, your intuition, your the way that your body feels is absolutely important in this space. What if we took that and then infused it into the resistance that we feel around maybe kind of like harder, more powerful movements or whatever? I think that there's a lot to be said when we begin to combine the two. I will still be more prone to show up if I know that I feel like I belong, like my intuition, like my body has a say, like I can take breaks and I can pause and I can breathe deep and I can lean into the comfort of my senses, even when I'm hanging out in chair pose or I'm moving through some more challenging sun salutations. Can we just have both instead of one or the other? And this, that concept of blending the two, of like doing something that maybe we know is good for us, but we don't want to do with adding in as many cozy and your, your desires and your emotions and the way that you feel have space here to create this sense of belonging. I think that blending those two things together are where a lot of the magic can begin to happen when we talk about making cozy a way of life. This is the concept that TikTok creator Hope Zuckerborough uses in having popularized the trend of cozy cardio when she first posted her morning cardio routine on the platform. Cozy cardio is a concept, it's a vibe. It stemmed from her desire to fit in more cardio into her life because she knew that it was something that was good for her, but noticing that she hesitated. So instead of pushing through that, just do it, that we might be prone to think that we should do, she made it work for her. She keeps the lights dim. She lights candles. She makes herself a cozy cup of coffee or warm drink. And she has her cute water bottle. She is wearing comfy clothes. She usually puts a really cozy movie on like Harry Potter or something like that and pulls out her walking pad and goes through her cardio. And by what she shares, it seems that she's actually been able to stick to it. And she's found, she's found a lot of results around being like, you know what, let me just make this work for me if it means that I'm actually gonna show up to this thing that I want to do. Ellie Crawley, an online strength and conditioning coach and founder of Feel Fit, told Healthline that cozy cardio is about stripping away the idea of no pain, no gain and moving towards exercise that places an emphasis on overall well-being. 
So when we talk about cozy gaming, when there are many more queer characters, disabled characters, or skin colors helping you feel represented in the genre, or cozy yoga where your comfort and your body's wisdom is ultimately listened to and honored, coziness creates accessibility and this way for me to show up to something that maybe I wouldn't necessarily felt like I belonged in or that I wanted to show up to. And in a world where, let's be real, if you're not a white cisgendered male, most spaces are not made for you to thrive. So coziness and claiming that and taking that into your own hands creates more spaces where we all feel like we belong. So we've come to the end portion of this episode where we talk about making it yours, where we really bring home the the focus of this episode, which is making cozy a way of life. And there's going to be two prongs to this last portion, one that's going to be practical and one that's going to feel maybe a little bit less practical, but hopefully encouraging and inspiring. So the more practical approach would be to come back to what I mentioned at the beginning of the episode around using your five senses. And I know that this will start by just applying to maybe your local environment, your home, adding in more cozy aspects into your physical immediate space. But I feel like that's cozy living level number one. And we're here to really like claim this and be a cozy ambassador just like we were here to claim being a rest ambassador from last month's episodes and you probably and because like you probably already know how to do this right lighting candles using aromatherapy listening to cozy and soothing music like for example when I discovered that I could listen to spa music like it wasn't like weird to listen to spa music or meditation music when I was just like doing stuff that I didn't want to do you know like you think like man the music in spas or yoga studios is so calming and then I was like wait a second who's to say that I can't listen to this music in my own house or while I'm driving in the car so (laughs) listening to soothing music or cozy music having blankets and warm slippers in your home and drinking cozy warm drinks or munching on yummy goodies. So we know all of this, right? Using all of your senses to create that ethos of coziness. But what about making this a way of life? This is where we get into like, I don't know how many levels there are to being a a cozy ambassador, but this is where we shift away from level one and we level up. (laughs) Can you tell I've been playing a lot of video games lately? (laughs) So let me give you some examples. Make everything an experience. When you wash the dishes, don't just wash the dishes. Like, you know, you have to wash the dishes, but you know, you don't want to wash the dishes or whatever. Maybe it's not dishes. Maybe it's vacuuming or maybe it's doing your taxes or whatever, but make it a full on cozy experience. Um, A couple examples. I find dealing with my finances very anxiety inducing, but as a business owner and also an adult person, (laughs) ignoring my financial situation and not looking at my bank account is not a good way to do it. So within the past year, 
I would say, I have cozy money dates where every Friday I brew myself a cozy cup of something. I cover my body. Like I'll like sit here at my desk and put a blanket over my legs and I dim the lights. I light a candle like as if I'm about to go into a yoga class, but instead I'm pulling up my MasterCard statement and pulling up my bank account and I'm looking at where I'm at and pulling up my budget. And that's a way that I actually have committed to showing up to my weekly money dates. So, okay, let's come back to the example of washing the dishes. Make it a full-on cozy experience. Choose your favorite playlist. Put your slippers on. Find a dish soap that smells divine. You know when we want kids to do something and they don't want to do it and we make it fun, we turn it into a game? Or maybe, like we used to when we were kids, my parents would like put on fun music in the house and it'd be like, all right, we're going to have snacks when we get this thing done or whatever. Why do we lose that when we're adults? Why is it that we just need to like push through and just do the thing? I don't, I don't get it. And I think it's lame. And I think that coziness is the gateway back into soothing that inner child when we don't feel like doing the thing. When I move through harder things, knowing that there will be a bit of coziness thrown in will 100% convince me to show up to it even more than before. That's what I mentioned in, that's what I mentioned in the cozy cardio or the cozy yoga. Let there be space for your desire to feel like you belong in that space or that activity, that your feelings matter, that softness and slowness still have a place in spaces that you need to adult in. Another example would be when I go to therapy, I always bring this one specific shawl that I have that means a lot to me and is just like warm and cozy, but it has more of like a meaning to it. It has a vibe to it. And I bring it to therapy, even in the middle of summer when like, there's no way I'm going to be wearing a shawl and I'm going to be sitting there sweating. I still bring it. I don't wear it, but I hold on to it and it helps. It helps me feel like, again, like I'm safe, like I'm held, like I belong in an environment where like, let's be real. Yeah. Therapy is great. It's healthy. It's necessary, blah, blah, blah. But it's also really uncomfortable, really vulnerable, and sometimes really challenging. So one of the ways that I use coziness to help me navigate those appointments, those sessions is by bringing the shawl with me. And usually I have a cup of tea with me as well. We're on a more lighter note. Maybe talking about therapy is not like your favorite subject to be listening to this activity basket. I want to talk about this activity basket that I you've seen now in two episodes. Also, it's like super cute. It's got little apples on it. So this basket comes with me like everywhere in the house. I'm like moving from space to space and I have this little activity basket with me. And it always has my latest knitting project in it, my Nintendo Switch, my Kindle, and usually some snacks. I am, uh, my guilty pleasure is Sour Patch Kids, so there's usually a Sour Patch Kids packet in here, but maybe it would be better if there were healthy snacks in it, but regardless, <laughs> this is my fun, cozy activity basket, and when I'm going out to do something that is unpleasant, one of these activities always comes with me, if not all three. A thermos usually will come with me as well, either already filled if I'm feeling like after that weekly money date, I'm like, oh, I need to be careful and not be spending money. Or it comes empty and I will absolutely fit in a stop to get a cozy drink. Now, I feel like at this point, this is where the conversation begins to shift, where I begin to recognize maybe the frivolousness 
or the, not the shallowness, but just like, really, Carolyn, really to get through a day of errands, you need to stop and get a latte. It's a little ridiculous, isn't it? Why can't you just push through and put your big girl pants on and just do the thing? Or maybe that this concept feels like really simplistic. And my response to that is, why not? Why not fit in the things that will help me get through the things that I don't like to do? Like, who is that harming? Why does it matter? Why does everything have to be just do the thing instead of what tools and supports can I use to help me get through this thing with a bit more ease? And if that means cozy drinks or bringing my knitting with me or reading my book at some point when I'm sitting at some appointment that I'm waiting for, then what? why not? If it brings in more ease into my life, why not? And this is where we begin to talk about making cozy a way of life and into my less practical advice. Ignore the voices that tell you living this way or prioritizing coziness is silly or frivolous. Prioritize, celebrate, and claim coziness as something that helps you get through the day, helps you get through the hard stuff, helps you heal from the overwhelm of being a human, helps you show up to the things that you know are good for you and that you want to do around your self-care or around just being a human and will help you show up for those things. It's okay to prioritize these things. It's okay. There's nothing shallow or frivolous or excessive in wanting to live a cozy life. It's no accident that coziness is on the rise. It's because it works. It helps. It's a way to get through the things. If it seems frivolous or it means that you're going to take a little bit longer to get that thing done because you're busy choosing the playlist or making a cup of tea before you do the thing, who cares? Who cares? You are worthy of finding ease in your life. So how might making cozy a way of life help support that? Thank you so much for listening to this episode. I really hope that it was helpful and that it was supportive. And I look forward to sharing with you the other episodes that are coming out this month around coziness. So stay tuned. I will connect with you next week, wishing you a gentle and cozy rest of your day. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode of the Moonflower Path Podcast. I'm your host, Carolyn, and ways that you can find more support from me and this cozy community are all found in the show notes. Please consider rating, reviewing, and sharing this podcast with a friend. Those are the best ways to show your support for this free and accessible resource. Wishing you a gentle rest of your day, and I look forward to connecting again with you very soon.